This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, just this last week at a restaurant and I asked the waitress, I said, uh, so, um, do you know what's going to happen to you after you die? And she said, well, I'm trying to be as good as I can, trying to be as good as I can. At least she's thinking about it. Pray for her. That's why God yearned for his people during their lifetime to consider what's going to happen to them after they die so that they'll run to God for his free love gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, so that they can say, like the Egyptians said, thou hast saved our lives. They knew that they would have died had now Joseph saved them. You know what it's good for us to do sometimes? Sometimes it's good for us just to take a little walk over to the edge of the cliff to hell and look down there and to say, that was my hell. That was the place, that was my place down there. I would have been down there had not the Lord Jesus Christ saved me from my sins in hell. Then the Egyptians said to Joseph, in verse 25, let us find grace in the sight of my Lord and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Now, on the surface, when you read that, it appears that they're saying like a condition, like Joseph, if you're gracious to us, then we'll be Pharaoh's servants. But there's no future tense here in the Hebrew. And what they're really saying is that when they said we will be Pharaoh's servants, what literally it says is that we find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we are Pharaoh's servants. In other words, they were telling Joseph that they had found grace in the eyes of Joseph, and that means they were saying that they found an abundance of grace, an abundance of grace, as they looked into Joseph's eyes. And the Egyptians used this word grace because they were expressing how they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve what Joseph did for them. Joseph didn't have to work so hard to gather up all that corn and to distribute it to them to save their lives. And they didn't deserve it. They knew they didn't deserve what Joseph did for them. That illustrates for us how the Lord Jesus Christ shows us grace. As a matter of fact, grace came. It says grace came 
by the Lord Jesus Christ in John 1.14. John 1.14 says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John 1.17 says, John 1.17, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. But what the Lord Jesus did to make us enter heaven and to make us not be cast into hell, it shows a difference between grace and mercy. We deserved hell, and in his mercy, he did not cast us into hell. We did not deserve heaven, and in his grace, he made us enter heaven. We deserved hell, and mercy is to not receive what we we deserved. We didn't deserve heaven, and grace is to receive what we didn't deserve. Mercy to not receive what we deserved. So Joseph has showed the Egyptians this abundance of grace, like the abundance of corn, where it says in, in, in Genesis 41, 49, Genesis 41, 49, Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea very much until he left off numbering, for it was without number. There was just such an abundance of the corn that it was available, it was there, and it illustrates how there's an abundance of grace that God has made to abound towards. Like it says, in Romans 5.20. Romans 5.20 says, where sin abounded, grace did much, much more abound. There was so much corn collected that there was enough for everyone, everyone, even those who weren't a part of Egypt. They came, they received. It reminds me of the, the account of the, the little boy in Cardiff, Wales, and he was dying over in Glamorganshire. He was dying and But he had met the Savior. He had met the Lord in Sunday school. But his mother didn't know the Lord. She was not saved. And she was watching her son dying. And she was growing more and more anxious. And she tried to pray a prayer, but she couldn't do it. So she just gave up trying. And when she knew that the final moments were coming and, and for her little boy, he was going to die, she said, son, is it all right? And the little boy said, yes, mommy, it's all right. I'm saved. And in frustration, the mother said, you saved? How could God care about you and our home? And the little boy looked up to his mother and said, Jesus has plenty for everyone. Plenty for everyone. That's the grace of God. It's enough for everyone. Like the little boy said, Jesus has plenty for everyone because he offers this free gift of salvation to everyone but not everyone has the free gift. Not everyone takes the free gift of salvation because not everyone has received the gift. His grace is abundant because it's offered as a gift of salvation to everyone, but not everyone has it because everyone has not decided to receive. As it says in Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth the Jew first and also to the Greek. When it speaks about in Romans 1.16, the gospel of Christ, that's its universality. That's its abundance. That's how it's available to everyone. But in Romans 1.16, when it says salvation to everyone that believeth, that's its exclusivity. That's its restriction. The gospel of Christ is the power of God into salvation, but only to those who believe. God's salvation, it's called this great salvation as we saw in uh, Hebrews 2.3, Hebrews 2.3, how should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? But this so great salvation is only received by those who choose to believe. And the tragedy is that most neglect 
this so great a salvation. But Joseph had this abundance of food there for everyone, but it was only available through Joseph, which illustrates how this so great a salvation, it's enough for everyone, but only available through the Lord Jesus Christ. As he said in John 14, 6, John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So Joseph reaches out his hand to every starving person in Egypt, but each starving person had to come to Joseph to receive this food. And just as the Lord Jesus Christ reaches out his hand to every sinner, but each sinner has gotta come to the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Food offered to all by Joseph, but only received by those who came to Joseph. Salvation offered to all by the Lord Jesus Christ, but only received by those who come to him to receive the free gift. No one can really know this abundant grace. No one can really know what it is from a distance. You, they gotta, you gotta jump in. They gotta jump in. It's like it says in Psalm 34.8, Psalm 34.8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. It's only after a person tastes that he can see that the Lord is good. Like on the cross, the message of God is, you believe, you'll see. But the scoffers came and they said, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. And God says, no, it doesn't work that way. It's not see and believe, it's believe and see. Tasting is defined. It's defined in Psalm 34:8 as trusting him. It means to trust him as savior from sin. And then comes the happiness. And that was the secret that the leper knew. The leper knew in Mark 8:2. Mark 8:2. Mark 8:2 where it says, "Behold there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean." And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, "I will be thou clean." And immediately his leprosy was cleansed, and Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now notice in verse 25 what they called Joseph. They said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord. My Lord, they called him. They called Joseph my Lord. That's significant because it shows how they acknowledge Joseph as supreme over Egypt. That's what Pharaoh did. Pharaoh made him supreme. In Genesis 41, 41, Genesis 41, 41, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, see, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Genesis 41, 43, 41, 43, he made him to ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried before him, bow the knee, and he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. It was not a secret that Joseph was ruler over all the land of Egypt, because after that, after he was made all, over all the land, then it says in Genesis 41.25, 41.25, Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. As a matter of fact, when anyone wanted to get food, it was to Joseph that they had to come. As it says in Genesis 42.6, Genesis 42.6, Joseph was the governor over the land. He it was that sold to all the people of the land. And when Jacob was told that Joseph was still alive, the way Jacob was told about Joseph, in Genesis 45, 26, Genesis 45, 26, they told him, say, Joseph is yet alive. He's governor over all the land of Egypt. This illustrates to us how the Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord or God himself. As it says in John 8, 58, John 8, 58, Jesus said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. 
or John 8, 24, John 8, 24. And therefore, I, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am, you shall die in your sins. Or just at his birth in Matthew 1.23, Matthew 1.23, Behold, a virgin shall, conceive, for it shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. That was God with us. And that's why, that's why Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 4.39, Deuteronomy 4.39, Know therefore this day and consider it in thine heart that the Lord, he's, he's God in heaven above. And upon the earth, there's none else. There's none else. And many other verses like that. But in order for the Egyptians to come to Joseph, they had to bow the knee. They had to call him Lord as we see that happening, as we mentioned here in Genesis 47, 25. And the Egyptians didn't just call Joseph Lord in this verse we're looking at. They called Joseph my Lord. That's a difference. There's a difference. Just to call him Lord is to acknowledge that Pharaoh made him ruler over all of Egypt. But when they called Joseph my Lord, they were not just acknowledging that he was Lord over all Egypt. They were saying that he was their personal Lord, and they were glad to confess and let the world know that Joseph was their Lord, and they were going to be loyal to Joseph, and they wholeheartedly submitted to Joseph. They trusted Joseph. You know it's the same way today with President Trump? It's the same way. When a person calls Donald Trump the president, they are acknowledging that he won the election, which not everybody does, but anyway, and he's now president of the U.S. So to call him the president, it's to honor him as holding the office of the president. But when a person wants to say that he is personally loyal to President Trump and he wholeheartedly submits to President Trump, he calls him my president. And there's such a difference between saying the president and my president. And the same is true of these Egyptians. There was a difference between calling Joseph Lord or Adon or my Lord or Adonai. And when these Egyptians were called, called Joseph my Lord or Adonai in verse 25, they were expressing their personal loyalty, their wholehearted submission, their trust in his lordship over them, just as very significant as when a person would call President Trump my president. So it's very significant when the Egyptians called Joseph my Lord. And all of this illustrates the difference between the apostle Thomas who called the Lord Jesus what everyone will call the Lord Jesus, what everyone who trusts him calls him. Because when the Apostle Thomas confessed the Lord, he said in John 20, 28, John 20, 28, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. He didn't call him Lord and God. He called the Lord Jesus my Lord and my God, just like the Egyptians were calling Joseph my Lord. And there's coming a day when everyone's gonna call Jesus Lord. Everyone will, as it says in Philippians 2.11, Philippians 2.11, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every person is gonna confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but they will not say my Lord because they will only acknowledge that he is God. They will not confess loyalty and wholehearted submission and trust by calling him my Lord. And when they said, Further, we will be Pharaoh's servants. The tense there again is could just as easily be, we have been 
Pharaoh's servants. They were saying, we are glad to be Pharaoh's servants. It's interesting how this happened, that they became Pharaoh's servants, because it's actually the context of the verse. Because it says in, in Genesis 41, 56, Genesis 41, 46, the famine was over the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians, and the famine waxed sore in the land. He didn't give it, he sold it, food. And then in Genesis 47, 14, Genesis 47, 14, Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. I want you to follow the progression here. He sold it. He gathered up all the money. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. And when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. And Joseph said, give your cattle. Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle if money fail. And they brought their cattle. So we've gone from money to cattle. Their cattle unto Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread for in exchange for horses and for the flocks and for the cattle of the herds and for the asses, and he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. When that year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, we will not hide it from my Lord how that our money is spent. Now keep in mind, the famine is continuing. The famine is continuing. The famine is continuing. So then they say, We'll not hide it from my Lord how that our money is spent. My Lord also hath our herds of cattle. There's not aught left in sight of my Lord, but our bodies and our lands. Wherefore shall we die before thine eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants to Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land be not desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's, and as for the people, he removed them to cities from one end of the borders of Egypt even to the other end thereof. Then it says, Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh, Lo, here is seed for you, and you shall sow your land, and it shall come to pass the increase. You shall give the fifth part unto Pharaoh, and four parts shall be your own. Very generous. For the seed of the field, and for your food, and for them of your household, and for food of your little ones. And we come to our verse. And they said, Thou hast saved our lives. Let us find grace in thy sight, or we have found grace in thy sight, and we will be Pharaoh's servants, or we are Pharaoh's servants. So what happened First, what happened is that the Egyptians brought their money to Joseph to buy food, and the famine continued until they brought all their money to Pharaoh. Second, when the money ran out then, they brought their cattle to Joseph to buy food, and the famine continued while they brought all their cattle to Joseph. Then they brought their lands to Joseph in exchange for the food and the famine. Finally, they brought themselves to Joseph in exchange for food. It was when they brought their selves, when they brought themselves to Joseph, and Joseph took over the whole management of their lives, the whole management of their persons, and he moved them to cities. And when they were servants, and they had a new life of obeying Joseph, then the famine stopped. The famine stopped. As long as the Egyptians had something to bring to Joseph, like money, like cattle, etc., the famine continued. 
But when the Egyptians had run out of everything to bring to Joseph, when the Egyptians had nothing more to bring to Joseph, when they became servants and Pharaoh took over the management of their lives, they obeyed Joseph, then the famine stopped. Then the famine stopped. When all the aspects of their lives were in obedience to Joseph, then the famine stopped. And it was only when the Egyptians came to the end of their resources, when they gave their lives and became obedient to Joseph, then the famine stopped. It was only when the Egyptians came to the end of their rope, when they surrendered their lives to obey Joseph, then the famine stopped. That illustrates a spiritual truth. As long as a person thinks he can bring his money to the Lord, he can bring his talents to the Lord, he can bring his reputation, then the personal famine continues. If a person says to God, you don't know what you're getting with me. Just look at my reputation, look at my abilities, look at my money, you should be glad I'm a Christian. And the personal famine continues. It's only when a person comes to the end of their rope, when they come to a point where they confess, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner, and then the person gives himself wholeheartedly to obey the Lord with all his heart there. That's when the famine stops. That's when the personal famine stops. It's misleading to only tell a lost sinner that God only wants you to pray the sinner's prayer of, oh God, I know I am a sinner. Please forgive me as I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You rose again on the third day. Please come into my heart as I want to receive you as my Lord. Because if that's all that's done, the personal famine will continue. Until a person gives his life wholeheartedly to the Lord to obey him in all the aspects of his life, let him manage his life, then the personal famine will continue until that happens. I'm thinking of a person who recently told me that his life was miserable and he wanted a new life. And so it was a personal famine in his life. And so he prayed with me to receive the Lord. But then when I called him to start his Christian life and start coming to church for Christian fellowship, I didn't want that. He just wanted relief from the misery of life, but not church. So the famine continued until the Egyptians gave themselves to become Pharaoh's servants. Paul's words were in Acts 9.6, Acts 9.6, when he was saved, he said this, he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou shalt do. The Great Commission, the Great Commission is a command not to get people to pray the sinner's prayer, but it is in Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I command you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world teaching them to observe all things. Until a person observes all things, the Lord Jesus has commanded, the famine continues. That's the reason why we use here at the Israel Restoration Ministry a program that we call the ADP, the Adoption Discipleship Program. It's 50 steps, and it's designed to bring a lost person to become saved and then to become obedient to the Lord. So tonight, let's take to heart what the Egyptians said to Joseph, and let's say that ourselves to the Lord Jesus in verse 25 when they said, thou hast saved our lives, let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much 
for the honesty, the openness the, of these Egyptians and how they teach us tonight. Help us, Lord, to follow in them and their words in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.